Welcome to the Six Figure Event Podcast. Here we get real about what it takes to build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur, business owner, and event planner. We'll go places others won't, diving into the nitty gritty how-tos of events, strategy, sponsorship, and marketing. Plus, we have exciting interviews with those who've mastered their own craft and a segment called Interviews with Sponsors, where we get the lowdown of what sponsors really look for when sponsoring an event. This is where we win the event space together. I'm your host, Alicia May, founder of Eventistry by Alicia, mom of two, lover of Saturdays, and I'm obsessed with creating phenomenal, profitable events. With a decade of experience, I'm here to talk you through those event roadblocks and even help you get out of your own way. Don't get stuck while planning, strategizing, and budgeting an event or retreat. On the Six Figure Event Podcast, I'm your wing woman. We're going to grow your business, your following, and scale your dreams one event at a time. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Six Figure Event Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia May, and today we have an amazing guest. I had the pleasure of meeting her in person a few months ago at Archangel Summit. Alyssa Light is known as the profitable innovator who is a speaker that creates marketing on the spot for your event audience. I mean, she's amazing. She's funny. She's innovative, of course, and just an amazing soul who is great at what she does. So thank you so much, Alyssa, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting that we get to do this together. Yes, exciting, exciting. So why don't you tell our guests more about who you are and how you got started in the industry? So my love of being an entrepreneur and of business started when I was quite young and developed through the years and became a speaking business I'm almost sort of by surprise, I'd been giving presentations for some of the things that I was doing and then was very specifically asked, hey, could you come and run a workshop on this for us? I went to run a workshop and after it was finished, the event planner came to me and said, that was amazing. Would you come back next week and do a smaller training with some of our other staff? <laughs> and I went, oh, sure, I can do that. Yeah, of course I will. <laughs> And then when I was done that one the following week, they said, hey, will you come and train some of our summer staff? And I said, oh, sure. And so I did that. And then I thought, hey, I wonder if I could do this. I know people get paid to do this. I, I really enjoy it. I get to meet some amazing people and I get to contribute in ways that I never thought was possible in my life. Never thought were possible. I love the accidental. Mm -hmm. You just stumbled upon it and you're just amazing at it. Thank you. So Along the way, I figured out that I could just come up with these lines for people and ideas for marketing. And, you know, given that I came from a jewelry background, it wasn't so far to say, hey, I can be really creative, but it was a big jump to say, why don't you just try this crazy marketing idea I have? And one of my favorite ones that got just the most beautiful reaction, I was in a women's, like a women's networking group. I'm sure that you've been part of them as well. Mm -hmm. And we were at a bakery that particular day because somebody in it owned a bakery. This was a number of years ago. And she said, I really want to get into businesses, get into corporate, you know, share my message, like just have people enjoy cookies for no reason or for their birthdays or for, you know, secretaries there, whatever they wanted to celebrate. And she said, but I can't figure out how to get in because no one will listen. And so everybody sort of started coming up with all these ideas about what she could do. And I put my hand up and I said, well, what if you sent them an empty cookie jar, like one of her package jars that she sends? What if you sent them an empty cookie jar with crumbs in the bottom and a pretend note from the delivery person that says, sorry, they were so good I ate them on the way. 
but you can get more from and then put her the name of her bakery. That's so fun. That's comforting. And so, you know, I started coming up with these things and, and then I did one for an accountant. We sent out uh, dictionaries to small corporations that didn't have in-house accounting. That's and the note on the front of these dictionaries said, do you feel like you need this to talk to your accountant? If so, call. I mean, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. And so I didn't know I could get paid to do this. And I didn't know that people would be interested in seeing me do this on stage because it's quite entertaining, I must say. (laughs) So, you know, over the years, I've developed it into a keynote. And it's not for every conference because it's an interactive keynote and not everyone appreciates that. So it's definitely a specific audience that's looking for a little bit of entertainment and a whole lot of wow and Mm -hmm. a whole lot of laughter at the same time. Because sometimes I don't get it right, and then I make fun of myself. So it's, it's got to be an audience that likes to laugh as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done a conference where it was very well-received to certain parts of the room and not well-received, like a mixed audience? So I think that no matter where you go, there's going to be a mixed audience. Absolutely. And I say that because when I do my thing, if you will, and it's partway through the keynote. When I create this marketing on the spot for people, some of the things I come up with are just totally, totally mesmerizing to some people. And then other people in the audience go, wow, I would just never do that for my business. Interesting. A little disruptive. It can be more than a little disruptive, frankly. And so can we give some structure to this for our listeners so that they understand? Okay. Through the structure then of, of what you do. Cool. So I open, the whole thing is about positioning statements and positioning in business. It has a completely unsexy title, which is called marketing is belonging. And it's unsexy because that's really what business is about. It's about creating belonging for other people so much so that they say yes. Exactly. So I use the tagline marketing is belonging. It might not sound sexy, but it's necessary. Of course. And we open with like, here's what positioning is. Here's the language that you can use. And here are actual formulas that you can use. And I tell people flat out, please take your cell phones out and please take pictures. I tell them that because I want them to use it. So there's formulas about how to position yourself. I'll give you a great example. Will you remind me about the construction company, Alicia? And I will tell you at the end. Okay. So we go through that. And then we look at how you can use this positioning that you've just created, why it's important. Then I come up with it right there on the spot. And it could be like statements. It could be the actual marketing boxes, which I'm calling obvious boxes right now. I don't know if you like the title, but I'm pretty excited about it. it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, or I could come up with hashtags, which are another one that people absolutely love. Oh, that's incredible. So I, I come up with those on the spot. And if one of my staff is with me, then what I will do is have them sit or want to have an audience member look up the hashtags to make sure that they're not already in use. And if they are, I just come up with another one. And then after we do that, and I only do that for about maybe 10 minutes, like three or four people, and then we're done. And then the last thing I do is I talk to people about the ROI. Like, what is the impact of being this specific in your marketing? And so I do the ROI on those marketing boxes that we can send out. So we go right from how to position yourself to sending the marketing and the ROI on that. Wow. Yep. And then the really cool thing that I do that I know that you absolutely love is I request that the event planner book a small room. Could be a little boardroom, could be, you know, a spare room that's available. And I will meet with people from the audience one-on-one every 15 minutes all afternoon. Very yep. needed. Instead of having a crowd in the, in the hallway or call me later, it's right there, right then. 
incredible. I firmly believe that, you know, as a speaker, this is, I'm only speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for anybody else's choices. My belief is if you're going to have me there for the day, I want to be with your people all day long. So I speak before lunch, I have my lunch and I get a little rest. And then I go and go and go and go for three or four hours with your people in the afternoon. And it's so much fun. It is so much fun. I think that's the one-to-one experience that a lot of people need, especially if they're at a conference or summit event that they're being spoken at, Um, you know, when they're sitting in the audience and, you know, not necessarily for your keynote, but for other people when there's just a presentation on the screen and there's no interaction, mm-hmm. they need that one-to-one. I mean, I always say the magic happens in the hallways because mm-hmm. that's where you network. And mm-hmm. just like you and I, when we went to the escape room after the event, I mean, that mm-hmm. was incredible. Mm-hmm. I talked about it. I still talk about it for weeks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you read people then in the audience to give them the perfect experience? So it's really more about understanding who they are and what they're about. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'll bring back that construction example right now because this is perfect. Perfect. So I was at an event and I was the uh, just before lunch speaker, which is my preferred time. And there was a woman sitting and she said, hang on a second. People do not understand what I do. And I have to tell you, this woman is like larger than life. She's got eyelashes to next Wednesday, the perfect <laughs> lipstick on, like attitude, like, hello, I am here. Yes, I will give to you, but tell me what you need. Right. Okay. And I adore this woman. She is like beautiful and generous and proud. Like she's just incredible. And this was the first time I'd ever met her. And she said, I'm in construction. And I said, okay, so let's say you're building a house. And she goes, I don't build houses. <laughs> and I said, okay, let's say you're renovating a basement. She says, mm, we don't do basements. Oh. Like, Backyard. She goes, uh-uh. and I looked at her. I said, well, what do you do? And everybody else looked a little confused too, because for so long she had been telling all of these people, oh, I'm in construction. Construction, right. I said, what do you do? And she goes, kitchens and bathrooms. Oh. And I looked at her, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's not construction. No. Everybody laughed and she looked mortified. Oh, and I said, no, for real, think about it for a second, construction or kitchens and bathrooms. And then her, like, her mortification of like, oh my God, turned to, wow. I'm seeing this differently. And so when I say mortified, Alicia, I'm not talking about like, oh my God, I'm embarrassed. Like she shamed me. Like that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to that realization that she has been saying things in a way that people don't understand. Exactly. And that is a gift because there's a way to do it that has people feel small. And then there's a way to do it where you hold a mirror up and say, let's do this together because this is what we want people to see. I mean, magical. And so what I said to her is, tell me about the area you work in. And she said, oh, we work along the lakeshore. Now, for those people who are not from the area and in Ontario, I should say, the lakeshore in Toronto is a very wealthy area to live in. And I said, okay, so you're kind of keep up with the Joneses sort of people. And she said, yes. Started to get excited because right there she got that I got her, which meant she experienced belonging. Right. I didn't have to market myself. Right there, she got that I got her, and that's all that mattered. And what was so cool about what happened, and this happens every time I speak, the audience was rooting for her because they were so excited to hear the new clarity that she was going to get for her marketing. I just have goosebumps. That's incredible. (laughs) And I said to her, and I just looked at her and I said, Why don't you put this on your business card? We create kitchens your neighbors want to have dinner in. Oh, how are you so quick-witted? I mean, that takes whip smart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Marketing on the spot. I mean, some people have to go 
and sit on it for weeks and months and sometimes mm-hmm. even years. I've seen mm-hmm. people, I've been sitting on mm-hmm. something for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, like, there are times when you know, I get a little bit stuck. And when I do, I say to that person, please make sure that you come and see me later. I have more questions than we have time for right now because I want to honor everybody's time and space and I want to give you some attention later. Of course. And they just come book a time with me later. And that's great. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how you serve everybody. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this before, but I'm going to switch gears because I really want to know from you because you do a lot of keynotes, you're speaking, you're doing the marketing on the spot. What do you really want from an event planner or host? And what kind of relationship should there be? Because some people really get that wrong. And especially because I was at Collision last week, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm. I think that my answer might be a little bit different than others. So I just want listeners to know that these are questions that you can also ask your speakers. Of course. Because this is a way that you're going to understand what their values are and see if they align with the audience that you're booking for. So I have three things that I would love to share. Absolutely. And the first one is actually kind of one of the last pieces. I would love to build a network with my event planners. For example, I did Landscape Ontario in January. And while I was there, got to know the event planner. She's called Amy. Got to know her really well. Sorry, I shouldn't say really well. Got to know her a little bit personally. And got, really got to know what it is important to her when she books speakers. Right. And two weeks later, she had a problem with a speaker. And she called me and she said, Alyssa, I have two weeks. Like, is there any chance? Because our speaker just backed out. Can you come and do the irrigation conference on the first. And I went, yeah, of course, I'll come and help you. I mean, I, I happened not to be booked that day, which was great. And so I went in and did that. And, you know, I wasn't able to stay all day that day, but she knew that she could call me because she could rely on me to show up and deliver. Of course. And from that, while I was there in January specifically, you know, I got to know one of the organizers for the event in the Atlantic region. And I'm now going to New Brunswick in November to do their keynote for, well, we actually be there for three days at their conference. And Landscape Ontario rebooked me for 2020. So from that, when Amy says, or when Jim says, hey, listen, we're looking for a speaker who, you know, is about finance, or we're looking for a speaker who knows something about podcasting, specifically for tradespeople, or I can say to them, hey, I would love to make a referral. And I introduce them to my people. So the community is really built in the network between event planners or hosts and speakers. And that's really, really important to me. Of course. Right. You know, I think it is a two-way street. You have this great relationship with the event planner and they know that you're reliable and you can speak from the heart and the soul Mm -hmm. and you deliver. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a partnership, you know, that I would love with all of my speakers that I've ever booked. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't what I, quite work that like that, you know, all the time, but you know, it, those, it those doesn't. relationships, I, I want to nurture, I want to help you. And, you know, obviously you can help me. So it's a two way street mm-hmm. constantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I want it to be. And for my speaker friends that are listening, one of the things that I want you to know is your event planners want to know that you see them. You might be the person on stage, but you are not about you. Like my responsibility as a speaker is to my audience and to my event planner and to the other stakeholders. That's why I'm there. So how can you recognize your event planner who is often the person, if something goes well, they don't always get credit. And if something goes poorly, they usually get blamed. Mm -hmm. So how can you acknowledge that and build that relationship with your event planner? And there's really simple things that you can do, like reach out to them once in a while, which is kind of part of my next point is great communication. 
So beyond being books, reach out once in a while and say, hey, how's it going? Or take them out for lunch. Or if you can't take them out for lunch because they're in another country or five hours away or whatever the problem is, offer to have lunch on Zoom. You know, there's ways around these things or buy them a book that you think they'd love to read or find out what they're into and just say, hey, I was thinking of you because that's what it takes to build relationships. And you do it in such a genuine way because you've listened to what's important to them. Right. And it seems so simple, but at the same time, if you've received a book in the mail, you know, somebody thinking about you, I mean, that goes a long way. I'm thinking about this person the next time I'm booking a speaker or the next Mm -hmm. time I'm a referral for Mm -hmm. an event that I know that I'm looking for a speaker. So absolutely. hundred And the other pieces of great communication for me are somebody who answers my questions thoroughly and properly. This is especially important when we're looking at contracts. So one of the things that I often see in contracts is, you know, that you're required to provide your presentation for the delegates who didn't make it to your session. And I don't do that. Because generally speaking, when I'm running a session, so as opposed to being keynote, when I'm actually running a session, if people were to see my slides, first of all, they would mean nothing because they're photos. And secondly, they would miss the essence of what it is that's being created because people miss or intent, when I say miss, they jump to the points that they think are important without looking at the background. And so even if I provided the workbook that I bring when I do my workshops, the workbook it doesn't mean as much without the context around it. Of course. And, and so in person versus, you know, just reading it and making your own assumptions. Mm-hmm. Disaster. Yeah. First of all, I want to co-brand that workbook with my event. So I'm happy to do that. And I want them to say, yeah, we understand that people actually need to be there to get what it is you do. And that actually helps sell more tickets too. Because if people think that they can get any information anytime, they're probably never going to take any of it and use it if they ever access it. Whereas if you say to people, this is the only time this is available and, or maybe it's an extra, you know, hundred dollars to attend this particular session or whatever the number is, then all of a sudden it becomes more valuable in their eyes and they show up in their present. And that's what matters. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece of under the sort of great communication tab for me is about clear instructions. And I know that you had an experience recently (laughs) that I would love for you to tell everybody about. Oh, I know. And, and so I was at an event, I was on the VIP speakers team and there was 500 speakers. If you can imagine at this event. I can't. So if you, just to paint a picture for you, it was over a million square feet, empty arena, and which then obviously became a mini city at the event. But trying to tell a speaker, go to Hall D, where this arena had eight different entrances, Mm -hmm. and nobody, and they're coming from San Francisco, San Diego, they're coming from Mexico, Cuba, like everywhere you could possibly think of, they are not going to know and understand where Hall D is. And like I said to you before we started recording, it was 9 to 10 a.m. on the first day of the event, almost 11,000 people showed up at the same time (laughs) and trying to say, you know, Hey, I'm here. I'm the girl, with big curly hair. I have my hand up with a clipboard. And then I literally had a lineup of people asking me where to go. Hey, where's the registration? Where's parking? How is this? And so with all of those factors and variables involved, I was the go-to person for crowd control. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. I had a VIP speaker, CEO of a huge, huge company coming in. And I was like, I can't do this. So you know, having even at that point, a separate entrance uh, for the speakers or having very, very clear, concise instructions Mm -hmm. 
where to park, like we were mentioning, you know, where to come in and even having a liaison meeting them. So some of my speakers were celebrities. So we had security meeting them at his back entrance. But again, it was like, where do you go? So, you know, that kind of situation where, you know, you may not have an event that had 22,000 people, but you may have an event where same got a couple of different entrances. Where do you park? Where do you show up? You don't want them to look lost. You want the person showing up, being confident because they're already maybe worried about their stage experience or their speaking, their keynote. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. being in the know, you know, no matter what you do in life is going to put you, you know, miles ahead of, again, the confidence factor and showing up prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And things like, you know, either mailing the badges beforehand so the speaker has them when they show up and they don't have to stand in a line. Or I'll tell you some of the best things that I've had event planners do, I'll ask for a room layout and they actually send it. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Because sometimes I'll ask and ask and they don't. And I show up and the room is set up in a way that I know the audience isn't going to get the information the best way. Yet they send me a floor plan. Thank you for sending me floor plans. Thank you. you. And when you send floor plans, like, can I have a reference to like where a road is? So I know where North, South, East and West is. I know that isn't for everybody, but these are things that have made such a difference for me. Because when I show up, the only thing I want to worry about is how well my audience is going to receive my information. That's all I want to do because I want to provide the best experience possible for your audience. That's what I'm there for. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. you're a seasoned speaker, but if somebody comes in and they're a first time or second time speaker, again, you have to think of their, what they're going through as, Mm -hmm. you know, an event planner or host or whatever your role in, in the event is Mm -hmm. thinking about everybody, right? So you need to be very well prepared for you specifically, but other speakers may not even know to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. They just like, I'm just going to show up to the event. And that's not necessarily the best thing possible because they're already nervous. They already need to make last minute edits to the presentation, which <laughs> is a fun thing to handle the day of. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. So can we swing back to that just in a Absolutely. sec? Okay. Because I have something really neat to share. Because the last thing I want, I want to make sure we get through these three things. So we've talked about building a network together. We've talked about what great communication looks like. The last thing is so important to me. And I don't think event planners understand why. And I would love to talk about it. Absolutely. Love to hear. And that is really specific feedback. So I know that the top 10% and the bottom 10% of people who are either really excited or really hate something, you know, that's the way it is sometimes, right? I don't get a lot of that at all. I'll do a room of a hundred people and I'll have one person who says, I'm not too sure how to do this. And that's about it. On the general scale, top 10%, bottom 10%, those aren't the ones I'm going to pay too much attention to. I'm going to pay a lot of attention to that middle 80% because what they didn't like and what they did like tells me how I can be better for the next audience. Right. And that's masses, right? The numbers. That's Mm -hmm. what you want to go be. Absolutely. I mean, let's go on the negative feedback. Let's just talk about that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen when you speak. One of the things that people have commented on is, I'm not sure about her pink hair. You know, for those of you who can't see me right now, everybody, I have a a small amount of pink in the bottom of my hair and it's not all over the place. It's lovely. It's part of my branding and it's not going to go anywhere. If that isn't going to work for your audience in general, then don't have me speak because that comment is actually evidence of them being distracted. Right. Right. So then we'll flip it to, you know, something else negative. So I don't know about this whole sending boxes thing. That seems a little strange to me. 
<laughs> I actually don't take that as negative feedback. I take that as, hey, there's an opportunity here for this person to see what else is possible. Can I sit down with them? Like, do you have their name? Would you give them my number? Like, please, I'd love to chat with them. Right. And that's a great viewpoint to have because a lot of people personally, I think, oh, that's negative for me. You know, I would, ooh, you know, I would just kind of shy away, but I'm glad that you have that opportunity to kind of talk about it, to open up a conversation and maybe some magic with them mm -hmm. when they were skeptical. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I do, I don't tell very many people this, but I'll tell you guys, oh. one of the things that I do when I develop new content is I actually sell tickets I rent a room at a community center and I sell tickets and I have people come and criticize me for three hours. <laughs> no way. I do. Why? I do because I want to be the best. When I get on stage, I have literally practiced for an hour for every minute that I speak. Wow. With wow. new content. Absolutely. Because my audience deserves the best because this is not about me. It's about them. Of course. Oh my goodness. I did not know that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. I do. People laugh at me. They're like, people buy tickets to criticize you. And I'm like, yep, they all like me too. So it works really well because I know that they're not just coming to be jerks. Right. They're coming right. because they're like, oh my God, Alyssa has new content and we need to be the first ones to hear it. That's incredible. That's mm -hmm. amazing. I want to come next time. I don't know if I can be able to criticize you. But <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? It's great when I do. I would never would have found out that I say the word so constantly otherwise. And you'd be surprised hearing, you know, playing back the, the podcasts and thinking, oh, shoot, I say that way too many times. <laughs> but again, we're our own worst critics sometimes. But I'm glad that you do take that initiative and actually host an event to say, how can I be better? So, hey, take a note from Melissa's key playbook, everybody. <laughs> well, you know what, though? I'll give credit. Like, I learned that from a mentor of mine. So don't necessarily take the page from my book. It, I learned it from somebody else. I'll give Amy and Michael Port credit for that one. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, thank you so much. I think that's amazing. I love those three key points. And again, if you're listening and you're thinking of hosting your own event and understanding what the speaker really needs and what an event planner really needs, we actually have a part two of this podcast, which goes more into depth. And Alyssa will be joining me again, just that collaboration and that relationship from an event planner and a speaker perspective. So tell us more about your brand. How do you kind of book you into a keynote? Do you have any freebies or resources? Those, those are like five questions, but. <laughs> <laughs> we know what happens tell when you ask me five questions. <laughs> I know. We should do one at a time. So tell us more about where we can find you really. I would actually just love if people would call me. I know the oh, phone yeah. is not everybody's favorite thing, but please, I love people. Please call me. My phone number is 519-362-3281. It's a area code is one. So for those outside, or you can reach me at Alyssa at the profitable innovator.com. Amazing. And Alyssa, just to clarify, you're in Canada. So just in case people are from the States or mm -hmm. from Europe, wherever they're listening. Um, mm -hmm. And that's great. And do you have any resource or freebie often you want to share with us? Uh, Alicia, aren't we doing one together? We, are we, we going to tell everybody about it? We are. Hey, let's, okay. let's announce it here. Okay, so uh, you're going to be able to download a PDF from Alicia and I about the top things that speakers want from event planners and event planners want from speakers. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for joining me today. It was incredible speaking to you again. And don't forget, we have a second part coming up next week about what event planners want from speakers and the collaboration and the relationship there. So thanks again for joining me, Alyssa, and we'll speak again next week. 
Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Man podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and take the tools and tips and information from our guest speakers to help build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur, business owner, or event planner. Join us again next week for a new episode that I hope will continue to help you win in the events.